So today uh, we're going to be talking about this, this topic of prayer. And we can spend hours and hours talking about prayer. So we're, we're going to just kind of quickly touch the surface of prayer. And then we're going to dig a little deeper about prayer. Because that's what we're all about right now. We're going deep, okay. And, and prayer is simply this. Prayer is simply having a conversation with your heavenly father. But since we're going a little deeper, I kind of want to say that, you know what, prayer isn't just having a conversation with your heavenly father, but it's also listening to his voice. So prayer is having a conversation with your heavenly father and listening to his voice. So, so with that said, I'm just going to kind of introduce prayer. And Jesus was, uh, Jesus is the prime example of prayer, right? Uh, and the Bible describes many times when Jesus prayed. And when he prayed, things happened. Miracles happened. People were healed. Uh, um, just miracles happened. And, and it wasn't just his prayer life, but it was also, it was also his time where, you know what, he, he got away. He broke away from, from the, the chaos and the busyness of life, right? He, he broke away and he stepped away in solitude to pray and to connect with his heavenly father. And, and, and Jesus was a person who, who stepped away from his, his ministry to go pray, right, for his work. He stepped away from uh, his disciples to go pray, his family. He, he stepped away from the busyness of everything that he was doing to catch and connect his, his time with his heavenly father. And so it is with us that, you know, we need to break away sometimes from the busyness of life. That, that sometimes we're so connected with our cell phones and answering emails, sending out tweets, posting things on Facebook, right? Uh, um, putting pictures, some selfies on Instagram, all right? We're, we're busy with Clash of Clans and Flappy Bird, okay? And, and we're busy with all this stuff, work, family, making dinner. That, that, that sometimes we forget to make time to connect with our Heavenly Father. And so today we're going to kind of dig deep into this prayer life. This, this life of prayer. And, and we're going to be looking in Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 through 13. And this is probably a, a, a verse or a scripture that you probably all know. It's the Lord's Prayer. And it's a simple prayer that Jesus gives as an example to his disciples when they ask him, how do we pray? And it simply says this, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Now, many of you have probably said this scripture. Many of you have probably repeated this scripture. Many of you have probably read this scripture. And some of you probably just say it without even knowing the power that's in this scripture. All right? And this is the example that Jesus gives his disciples on how to pray. Now, now, is this prayer, if I, just, if I just say this one single prayer, is everything in my life going to be roses? Probably not. Is this prayer, if, if I say and repeat this prayer and pray this prayer, is my life going to be healed and whole? Maybe, maybe not. If, if I repeat this prayer, is this the only prayer that I have to say? And then, you know what, I don't have to say any other prayer for the rest of my life? Maybe not. But this was just a template, an example that Jesus gave his disciples and Jesus gives to us on how to pray, how to approach prayer. And the first part of this, of this prayer starts off like this. Our Father in heaven, 
hallowed be your name. That in our prayer time, when we pray, when we connect with our Heavenly Father, we need to praise him. We need to give him all the praise. We need to praise him for all that he is. His holy, holy is his name. He, he is holy. He is wonderful. He is great. He is good. He is faithful. We need to praise his name. With everything that we have, we need to praise him for everything that he's given us. And, and just like you would compliment someone, like, that is a nice outfit. Hey, that's a great haircut. I like it. Just like that, like how we compliment one another, is the same way we should be specific in praising God. Like, God, thank you so much for allowing me to, to see this beautiful sunrise this morning. Like, Lord, I, I, I thank you and I praise you so much for these children that I have, even though that sometimes they're a handful. I praise you for them because they are, are a blessing from you. And so be specific with your praise. In your prayer time, praise him. Next it goes on to say, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Submit yourself to God's way. This might be difficult for some people to do. Like if my wife, she's a planner. She loves to have everything scheduled in her calendar, okay? She sends me invites and I'm like, I'm right here next to you, okay? And she's a planner. But, but, but this, this for, for those of you who are planners, this might be a little difficult to do. Because some of us don't like being told what to do. But you know what? Our, our plans don't come close in comparison to the plans that God has for you and me. That his plans are bigger and far better than whatever we can come up with. So submit yourself to God's ways. Listen to his voice, to what he's telling you to do. Obey his plans. Obey his voice. All right? And it goes on to say, give us today our daily bread. Give us today our daily bread. And this is a moment where we take in our prayer time, you know, to ask God. Ask God for what you need. Ask God for what we need. And that key word is need, okay? God isn't a genie that you just rub and say three wishes, please, okay? God, we all have wants. And we all have needs. And God will give you what you need. All right? And we need to come boldly asking him. Asking him. Be, have faith that you know what? God will answer those prayers. God will give you what you need. He's able to give us more than we can imagine. So give us today our daily bread. Ask God for what you need. The next part goes on to say, forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. That, you know what, this is the time where we need to forgive and request for forgiveness. How dare us ask and request for forgiveness if we don't forgive one another? How dare us ask for forgiveness if we don't forgive our neighbors, our friends, our coworkers, our family members? Because it's bound to happen, right? Someone's going to rub you the wrong way. Someone's going to cut you off in the, in the freeway. And, and, and your thoughts may not be godly thoughts at that moment. But you know what? We need to ask for forgiveness. Ask for forgiveness. Forgive those who have, who have treated us wrong. So ask God for forgiveness. That, that you know what? Then no sin can hold you back from the love of God. All right? Forgive and request forgiveness. And lastly, it says this. And lead us not into temptation, 
but deliver us from the evil one. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. This is a moment where, you know what, we need to just examine ourselves. We need to examine ourselves, the inner, inner part of our lives, the, the part that no one really knows about. Examine ourselves. What is holding us back? What, what type of temptations are creeping inside? What, what kind of sin is, is, is over, trying to overcome us? See, God will not tempt you. The evil one would. And, and, and so this is where we have to realize that, you know, what is the enemy bringing upon us to tempt us? Is it a lie that says, you know what, you are unlovable? Is it a lie that says you are unforgivable? Is it a lie that says, you know what, you, you, your prayers will not be heard by God? Is it fear that, that, that grips our hearts? I, I heard, I, I recently read about, uh, about fear and it says this, they use the acronym, it says fear is um, false evidence appearing real. False evidence appearing real. That you know what, the enemy uses fear to paralyze us from doing and being who God has called us to be. So this prayer, like I said, is an example, a template. Now you don't have to use all these things, but you know what, this is a good start for those of us who probably say, I don't know how to pray. I've been working with young people for a while, and you know what, their, their, their excuse is always, I don't know how to pray. Or when it comes time to pray, prayer, you know, you get kind of shy and kind of embarrassed or timid. Right? Because you, you kind of, I, I don't know how to pray like the pastor prays. Or I don't know how to pray with these and thous and shouts and all that stuff. But you know what? Just be real with God in that prayer time. Praise him. Examine yourself. Submit yourself to God. Ask him. Forgive. All right? So this is just kind of a, a basic part about prayer. Something that you can use in your own time. In your own time with God. All right? But today we're going to, like, like in the series that we're in, we're going to dig deep in prayer. And, and, I, and I, I had a hard time preparing this message and studying about this because I, I'm, I'm going to confess something. That you know what, sometimes I feel like my prayers don't even reach my bedroom ceiling. That sometimes I feel like, like, like God, where are you at? Like, like God, are you, are you even listening to my prayer right now? Like, God, I need you right now at this moment. I need a miracle to happen. I need to be healed at this time. And yet there seems to be no answer. And, and, and so it's a little difficult, right? And, and probably you have been there too. That, that the majority of us can all say, you know what, I pray. That, that, that I, I pray for my food, right, every day, okay? Uh, but I pray. And then the majority of you can say, you know what, I pray, but... There's been no answer. And, and, and that's difficult to swallow, right? That, that's difficult to understand, right? A good God not answering my prayer. So, so we're going to dig just a little bit deeper into that. And I kind of want to share a story with you about my own prayer experience. And this happened around when I was nine years old. And I remember this so vividly because it, it, it was... A, a, just a turning point, a defining moment for me in my life. And I remember I was about nine years old, and I got sick. And I, it, my stomach would hurt, and I couldn't even, I, I felt like I couldn't walk at all, and I would just cry. And, and, and so my parents just laid me down in bed and said, you know what, just stay here. In a few hours, if you don't feel good, then we're going to go to the emergency room, all right? So I said, okay. And I just laid there in my bed, and, and I just remember, like, 
feeling like, you know what? I'm going to die. This is it. My life is over. Nine years old, uh, nine years old that's it. That's all I'm going to live up to. And, and I remember at that time, I took a, a paper and a pen and I started writing my wills. Okay? Like, like this is it. This is over. I'm done. Santos, no more. And I remember I wrote down to JR, my older brother, I give you all my WWF action figures and, and my clothes. All right? To my sister, I give you my piggy bank. Probably only had $5 in change, all right, the max, all right? And, and, and I started writing things down, and, 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 and something about that probably, like, struck a chord in my dad's heart. Because I remember him seeing that, and, and it's like he was, he, he, he was like, I'm not going to take this no more. And he closed the door, and he brought his Bible. And he sat down with me on, on the bed, and he said, we're going to pray. You're going to pray. And I was like, what? You're the dad. You got to pray for me, right? I'm the sick one. And, and he said, no, you're going to pray for yourself. And God's going to heal you. And I'm like, okay. You know, a nine-year-old kid, right? What is he going to know? And, and so I remember, like, my dad's, all right, he closed his eyes, and I closed my eyes, and I do one of these, like, are you serious right now? And, and, and so he tells me, pray. And so I, and I'm like, I don't know how to pray. He just says, ask God. Tell him what you need. And so I said, God, can you heal me because I feel sick. And then he opens up his eyes, my dad, and says, do you believe you're healed? And I was like, yeah. And so my dad opens up his Bible and reads a, a, a portion of scripture about when Jesus healed a blind man. And then he tells me, pray again. And, and so I prayed again, like, God, heal me. And he asks me again. Do you believe you're healed? And I was like, I, I guess so. And he opened up his Bible again. All right, we're going to read another miracle that Jesus did. And, and, and that, that, that cycle repeated a few times. And after a while, just hearing those stories of how Jesus performed miracles, of how Jesus prayed over the lame, over the blind, over the sick, and, and that kind of raised the level of expectancy in my heart. And, and just declaring, God, heal me. Gave me some confidence. Gave me authority to, to speak and to pray. And, I, and that night, I went to bed and I woke up. And some people might say, the skeptics might say, you know what? It was just you needed rest. But I know in my heart that God healed me that night. That God healed me. And it was because of my prayers. It was because of my father's prayers. That you know what? God healed me. And so today we're going to look at a story in the Bible of Elijah. And I'm going to just kind of set it up a little bit, okay? Set up this story of Elijah, this prophet, this man of God, who, who starts off with a prayer, a bold prayer. That, that in his town, in his city, you know, it hasn't rained for about three and a half years. And, and so Elijah sets out to declare rain from heaven. So the Bible says that he got on his knees and prayed to, to God and said, let, there come, let, let rain fall from heaven. And so he sends out his servant and says, servant, go and, and, and see if there's any sign of rain. And so his servant goes out to check. And he looks out to the horizon, to the left, to the right, up and down, and, and there's no sign of rain. So he runs back to Elijah and says, prophet, master, there's no sign of rain. So Elijah does what he only he could do. 
he gets back on his knees and prays to God. Heavenly Father, let, let rain come down on this earth. And tells his servant once again, go and see if there's any sign of rain coming down on earth. And so, so the servant goes down and, and looks to the horizon, left to right, up and down. And, and there's no sign of rain. And so he runs back and tells, Master, Master, there is no sign of rain. And Elijah goes once again on his knees the third time. And he prays to God, let there, let there be rain. And the same cycle happens three times, four times, five times. And I don't know about you, but, but, but if that was me at the fifth time, I probably would have just flat out given up. I probably would have said, all right, God, I tried everything. I tried praying, uh, persistently praying. I tried with, with all the faith that I could muster. I, tr I, I prayed to you, God. You obviously don't want it to rain in this city, in this town. So if it's good with you, then it's good with me. And I would have just hung up the gloves and that's it. I don't want to pray anymore. Because I, I probably would feel defeated or discouraged or down, right? And I don't know if that's been you before, right? Where you pray for something like, God, I need a financial breakthrough right at this moment. God, I need financial breakthrough now. God, I need a financial breakthrough. And there's nothing no sign. Or, or, or many of us have prayed, Lord, heal me. Lord, heal my brother, my sister. Lord, heal my family. And there's no sign. No sign of healing coming at all. And if that's you, you would probably feel discouraged. If that was me, if I was Elijah, like I said, I probably would have just given up right there at that moment. If God doesn't want it to rain, then I don't want it to rain either. But something inside of Elijah said, you know what? No, it has to rain. It has to rain. It has to be this way. So he got on his knees once again for the sixth time, and he prays to God, God, let your rain fall down on this earth. Sends out his servant. Servant, go check if there's any sign, any hope for rain. And the servant runs out once again, out to the horizon, he looks to the left, to the right, up and down. And he runs as quickly as he can to Elijah, probably breathing a little bit heavier. And he goes to his master and says, there is no sign of rain. That's it. That's it. That's the last straw, right? Six times. Six times I, I prayed, I believed in Jesus, I believed in, in God, the, the miracle maker. I believed in God, the good father. Six times. And no rain, no sign of rain. Like I said, you and I probably would have given up. I know I would have. And I'll be the first one to admit it. But Elijah... Elijah knew better. Elijah knew that, you know what? This land needs rain. This land needs a blessing from God. This land needs rain. And so he gets on his knees once more and he prays like, God, let your rain fall. And he sends out his servant once again. And his servant 
probably skeptical again. Probably just tired. Probably just weak and, and, and feeling discouraged. Looks up to the horizon, left to right, up and down. And, and, and as soon as he's going to walk back, he, he, he looks from his corner of his eyes. And it says, the scripture goes on to say that, you know what? At the seventh time, he sees uh, it deep in the clouds, uh, a, 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 a cloud as small as a man's hand is rising from the sea. He sees a sign from God. He sees just a small glimpse that, you know what, it's probably going to rain. A small cloud. And, and that excites the servant. And he runs back to, to his master, prophet Elisha. All there is is a small cloud the size of a man's hand that's rising. And you know what? That's all Elijah needed. Because that small sign, that, that, that small, small cloud was the beginning, was the genesis, was the birth of his miracle. That all that praying wasn't for, for, for nothing. That all that praying was for rain. And it may look small, your miracle right now, but it's coming. And I don't know about you, but you know what? It's easy to give up. But today, if there's just one point that I want to say to you today, is don't quit praying. It's like a running back, breaking the tackle and, and, and going down the field to the 50, the 40, the 30, the 20, the 10. And as he's at the five-yard line, almost close to the touchdown, he just stops and drops the ball and walks towards the sideline. Why would he do that? He was so close to scoring a touchdown that you know what? Some of us, that's our life right now. That we are so close to our miracle, yet because we've prayed six times, we feel defeated, we feel discouraged. But it just takes that one more time, to pray one more time, to have faith one more time for that miracle to birth, for that miracle to begin, for the, your miracle to happen. Church, don't quit praying. Don't quit praying, no matter how it may look like. No matter the test results, no matter the bank statements, no matter the, the chaos and problems in school at home, don't quit praying. My dad, he's a wise man. See, when I was in high school and I graduated high school, I remember I was expecting a gift from my dad. Maybe a car, right? That would be nice. All the parents are like, mm-mm. Maybe some cash, right? Money can go a long way. Or, or, or maybe new, new clothes or a pair of shoes, right? And, and I remember my, my dad coming to me, and he had no gift in his hand. Nothing with a ribbon or a bow or a sparkly thing or peas, ching, ching. He just had his Bible. His Bible. And he sat down with me, and he sat me down. I just graduated, I just walked across the stage barely, but I did it. And he opens up his Bible and he says, today I'm gonna give you your gift for graduating high school. 
And he opened up his Bible to Joshua 1, 9. It says, be strong and courageous. And, I, and he says, this is going to be your scripture. This is going to be your verse, your life verse. And I thought to myself, that's lame. Like, are you serious? And I didn't know it at that time because I, I, I was just too young or I didn't want to, to know it. But now that I look back on it, that was the greatest, that is the greatest gift that I've ever received. Far greater than a car, far greater than money. Because you know what? There came times and there came moments in my life where I was afraid. There came times and moments in my life where, you know what, I felt weak. But then I remembered, I have a verse, I have a scripture, I have a promise from God, my heavenly father, and from my earthly father to be strong and to be courageous, to be very courageous. And so when problems come against me, guess what I do? I declare that promise. I'm strong. I'm courageous. When I feel like I can't do it, I'm strong. I'm courageous. And guess what? When Ethan, my son, was born, even when he was just in his mother's stomach, you know, we gave him a life verse, Luke 2, 52. It talks about Jesus' life. It says, and Jesus grew in wisdom, in stature, and in favor with God and man. Until this day, we pray that verse over Ethan's life. And we say, Lord, I pray that Ethan may grow in wisdom. Because we want him to be a smart person, right? We want him to make wise decisions. We want him to, to, to be wiser, wiser than us. Ethan may grow in wisdom and stature. That man, we want him to grow healthy and big. And, and God's blessing that promise, right? My boy's big. We want to just be healthy and whole. And then we, we pray that he may grow in favor with God and man. That you know what? I want him to be a, a person of favor. That, that, that when he goes to apply for jobs, I want him to have favor. That when he meets kids in the courtyard or in the preschool or wherever, you know what? I want him to be a leader. I want him to be someone that, that attracts people to him. Not because of he might be goofy or funny or funny looking, but because... You know what? He's different. He carries Jesus on him. And I want him to have favor with God. Because God knows better. And, and God will give him better things than I could ever give to him. So you know what? If there's anything you can do today, is hold on to a promise in the Bible. Hold on to his word. Hold on to a promise. Whatever it is, take time to read. And if you like that scripture, you circle that scripture and you pray into that scripture. I'm strong. I'm courageous.